0: Hello, sister.
1: Welcome to A Blade I Think of Rosewood, a podcast deep dive into the characters, themes, and plot of ABC Family's Pretty Little Liars. My name's Haley. And, and I'm Morgan. Morgan. Today's episode, the one we've all been waiting for, or at least the one we've been waiting for, Spencer. Our favorite, our queen. We love her. The episode title Hope, Breed- Hope Breeds Eternal Misery. But to start, let's just get right into it. I think that Spencer's role
0: in the liar group, obviously, she is the pusher, the motivator when it comes to like the mystery everything. and everything. Yeah, I think that the girls go to her even, even for like non-mystery like stuff. She tends to like push them. Yeah, to I think to she excel and everything.
1: She really steps into the leader role. And I love the moments when the other girls are doing something without Spencer. And there's almost always a moment of like, should we be doing this? Like, they feel like they almost need to get Spencer's permission. And she really, because she just really stepped into that role, I think, really naturally. In a way that, I mean, we'll talk about this, I guess. Maybe we're I'm jumping ahead. But I think that that was always kind of her and Allie's main conflict is I think that Allie could recognize that Spencer had that in her.
0: Yeah, I think, I think she's also, she's very much the leader and I think she's the protector. She, I think is, I think they're all very protective of each other, of course, but I think that she especially is very protective of the other liars uh, in a way that is, I think, indicative of sort of this like leader role that she feels like she's taken on. She's also, I think, the planner, right? Like, she's the one that plans, you know, all most of the mystery stuff and everything. But I also just imagine, like, if they were all to go on vacation or something, obviously Spencer's <laughs> the one planning that.
1: Definitely. Definitely.
0: Big eldest sister energy coming from Spencer, for sure.
1: Which is interesting because she is the youngest. Yeah, I guess maybe, like, but
0: she's I think the oldest of her full siblings,
1: her and her twin sister, Alex. True very true but i almost think like her kind of big sister energy with the liars maybe stems from something that she feels is missing in her relationship with melissa like i think that in their relationship is so fraught with a lot of just like competition and like bad things (laughs) murder all that stuff i think that like
2: she She almost
1: brings she i think she's trying to form a sister relationship with these girls subconsciously obviously but like i think she's attracted to this sister relationship this sister bond with the other liars because she lacks that with her own sister
0: yeah she's being the big sister that she wants to have
1: yeah exactly
0: i think in terms of like the mystery of course again spencer is the driving force she is the one generally that is pushing them to like solve the mystery, take any sort of action toward resolving whatever is going on. Not exclusively, of course, there are times that the other liars jump in. And we've talked about when they, when the other liars tend to be, seem to be pushed to jump into the, to the action and the mystery. Whereas like with Spencer though, it's like, that's her default. Mm-hmm. It's almost more interesting. I feel like to talk about when, when, she disengages. Yeah. Which I think is only due to like significant trauma, like Spencer. And I think it's like, Spencer can't bend. She can only break.
3: Oh, right. Yeah. The
0: other girls. They, they're they not as consistent, right? Like they bet, like when they have the capacity or they have the motivation to work the mystery, they do. But Spencer is always doing that. And she can't not do that. She can't take a step back when things get tough and mm-hmm. she breaks.
1: Yeah. And I think obviously we see her disengage surrounding those big traumatic moments like Toby being a, or relapsing with her addiction. But I think we also see, and again, we'll, we'll talk about kind of hope breeds eternal misery. We see this cynicism and kind of, she disengages when she feels there is no, path right when she feels beat or like the odds are insurmountable that is I think when she breaks
0: yeah I think she has a very she she likes to put on a sort of the air of a cynic but she is actually quite optimistic and it's when that hope and that optimism is sort of thwarted in a really significant way that she Mm -hmm. breaks and she becomes very cynical Mm -hmm. in terms of like I think when she's driven though, more into the mystery, I think Spencer shows a particular zeal when she's trying to get the others on board with her theory. I think that like, I mean, I think we see this of course, when during her relapse, when she's trying, she becomes like frantic about getting them on board with the Ezra theory, but also like in general, she will work really hard when the others aren't fully on board with her. Which we also talked about, I think, with Hannah, but like with Hannah, Hannah responds by just doing the thing that she believes, acting on her theory. Spencer responds to them not being on board or not fully believing her theory by gathering more evidence. She becomes much more like intent about proving her theory, like Mm -hmm. she, because she needs the others to be on board with it. Yeah, even though one was, of, you know she's a bold, she's a bulldozer, right? Like she says, says to Emily once, she needs the girls to be on board with her theories, so she finds
1: the evidence to persuade them. Absolutely, and one of the like my favorite moments of Spencer in her like peak investigative form is season four, episode five, "Gamma Zeta Die," when she's looking for you know we've got the phone number from Tippy the bird. An icon, a legend, and she's tracked that down to Cicero College. And she turns her whole, you know, she's been rejected from UPenn. She turns her entire like college weekend trip to like explore a different, a new college, turns that into an investigative mission to find out where Allie was calling this it, at Cicero College. And she, you know, goes and tries to use her feminine wiles with that, like, nerd who's running the registration table. And then she's literally at a sorority party walking around with a picture of Allison asking people, have you seen this girl? Do you know this girl? Like, it's just so hysterical because she's just, like, so focused on this and is, again, at a party. Oh, yeah. With a a literal photo of a missing slash dead girl asking all of these college students do you know this girl have you seen this missing girl it's just it's yeah. so good it's like and I think that that she's laser really, focused and I think that
0: that is really also because the tippy the bird lead is it is you know a clue from a bird right <laughs> so like everybody I think is a little bit like not sure about this. But Spencer's like, no, I think that this phone number means something. So she is tunnel vision, like, I've got to figure this out and get everybody on board with this. So let's talk about her relationship with Allison. We talked like Allison was definitely threatened by Spencer's sort of like, I think the fact that she was more of a free thinker and a little like, I think Spencer viewed herself a little bit more as Allie's equal than the other girls did because Mm -hmm. Spencer was always raised to think of herself as kind of the best, right? Like they're a, they're a family that really buys into their like exceptionalism. And so, of course, like she doesn't view Allison as being inherently better than her in the way that the other girls do.
1: But I also think that there's an element of Spencer's confidence that I agree, but I think like when we see spencer in the first secret when she's dressed up as mary queen of scots she makes this like ridiculous costume to go to like a frat party um or maybe it's not a frat party but just to go to a halloween party and it's at the
0: con cabin oh you're right
1: it is it's at it's the con halloween party she makes this like crazy costume That's like you know authentic, and it's so nerdy of her. It's absolutely so nerdy of her. And she, I think we see her in that in that like in that episode, we kind of see an insecure Spencer. It's not that she's insecure; she's Mm -hmm. confident in her decision to make this, but like she's not cool, right? And I think that like her relationship with Allie, in a way, taught her how to be cool. Taught her how I think Allie taught her how to. Garner followers how to lead a group in a way that I think Spencer at the beginning of, you know, their friendship was not the confident like challenge to Ali that I think we see towards the end of, you know, their friendship when yeah. the night that Ali disappears. Well,
0: and I think that that goes to kind of like we, the difference between we talked about Ali viewing Arya as a threat. and I think that that's the difference, right? Allie viewed Aria as, like, a social threat in terms of, like, her ability, I think, to make people like her, make boys like her. Like, she was a threat of, like, romantic threat in, like, that way, right? But Spencer was more of an ideological threat. Like, Spencer had a mind of her own and opinions of her own, where the other girls didn't, including Aria, really.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah. I but I don't know how much Spencer was an ideological threat at the beginning of their friendship. And I think over the course of their friendship, I think that's how, that's when Spencer became that ideological threat. And we see that in the like culmination of their argument on um, the night that Allie disappears.
0: Yeah. And I think like it builds and, and also interestingly, like that, the culmination and like of that tension between them is at a time, like is because Spencer was seeing Ian, which is the thing that Spencer was insecure about, right? Like she wasn't as appealing to people as Allie was. And I think Ian gave her that validation and probably that gave her some of the confidence to butt heads with Allison more. Definitely. But I think it's also interesting though, in the like immediate aftermath of the Jenna thing, when, you know, they're all scared. You can even see like Allie is really keeping it together, but she is scared. Spencer is not the one to question. Like Allie's- choice of like how they're going to proceed spencer really is like when shit really hits the fan when spencer's worried about their them getting in trouble for this going to jail whatever like Mm -hmm. she differs to allison and trusts allison's ability to like make the plan that gets them all out of trouble because that is what allison is good at and hannah is the one that questions it and questions Mm -hmm. like is this the right thing to be doing because that's is Spencer, Spencer is afraid of getting in trouble. And so she's less concerned about doing the right thing because she's so afraid of getting in trouble. And Hannah in that moment is the one that has the presence of mind to be like, basically, um, this is bad. Like, this is a bad... Like, we have to tell the truth. We just did a horrible thing. Like, we have to own up to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then, of course, we talked in the Hannah episode about how Allison... Response to that by saying the most terrible thing you've ever heard anybody yes. say to a friend to a quote unquote friend um, yes. and so you see Spencer really back down in that moment and defer to Allison, and I think that that's also really interesting,
1: so should we talk then a little bit about Ian? We, we briefly mentioned yeah. that, but yeah, you know they're the main point of conflict. The kind of, you know, how this all comes to a head that one intense summer uh, (laughs) is Allie sees that Spencer is dating Ian or catches them kissing and Allie is dating Ian. But Ian's also dating Melissa. So it's like this big love square. Ian's Uh, getting around. He's getting around. So then Allie is blackmailing Spencer to tell the truth about her relationship with Ian to Melissa so that in Allie's mind, I think Ian is then going to be free to just date Allie.
0: Yeah. She's kind of, she's trying to take down the other two members of this. It's not so much a love square. It's almost like a love star with Ian at the center of it because there's no like reciprocation of love (laughs) for any of the other. It's just. Yeah. I I guess Uh, it's a,
1: it's a love, it's a love 3d (laughs) triangle. Like it's a yeah. love pyramid.
0: The love. There we go. That's what. That's the. There's the geometry we need. It's a love <laughs> pyramid with Ian at the top. <laughs> but it's interesting that Allison. The like main point of Allison, because we actually don't really see Allison bully Spencer any other way. It's really. I mean, and maybe the occasional snide, like kind of backhanded compliment or whatever about her being a nerd, right? But like. Mm-hmm mostly like a lot of the flashbacks that you see of Spencer and Allie that aren't about this are like, they're pretty good friends. Like, I think that they were maybe the most like genuine friendship, but this is the thing that like Allison really bullied Spencer and like blackmailed her with was mm-hmm. this sort of like sexual indiscretion, which is also what Allison blackmailed Toby with is his, I mean, sexual indiscretion. He was being violated by his stepsister but Allison didn't I think know that at the time I don't think she knew the specifics of the arrangement so this goes to, like our theory about the way that each of the girls latches on to somebody that Allison bullied in a way similar to their own is that Allison was blackmailing both Spencer and Toby with their sexual indiscretion and also making them feel really like
3: gross
0: about it mm-hmm. like, she, the, like the way that she so much Allison checks claims <laughs> Allison claims Toby was spying on them too like and that he was like a perv
1: yeah so much um sexual shame
0: yeah from Allison of all people yeah right um, and so I think that that's part so like that's kind of why Spencer latches on to Toby initially is mm-hmm. when she realizes that Toby is not who Allie made him out to be and that she had kind of fallen for this image of Toby that Allison had created that Allison had also tried to create a Spencer and make Spencer feel about herself. I think that that, that really yes. amps up the amount of sort of sympathy that she has for Toby. And that's why she connects with him the way she does initially.
1: I I, I don't get it. I don't understand the attraction to Toby, but she's really into him.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think it, it continues to develop because then at the same time during like season one and two, like Spencer is, pretty regularly sort of falsely accused or framed of different things that helps her connect more with like what Toby went through when everyone thought that he killed Allison
1: very true yeah that's, that's a good the point. basis
0: that really that I mean explicitly in the show really that is the basis of the start of their relationship is then being able to see the similarities in their situations in that regard
1: yeah that's a good point
0: so speaking of Toby oh, Toby her romantic relationships Speaking I of know. Toby, let's
1: move on from Toby and save him for the end.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's Although start with like
1: kind of covered quite a bit there. Yeah, but, yeah. Let's start with like her like kind of. I mean, we talked about Ian. I think like, I think we've covered Ian. Yeah, Ian, um, what a creep. But also an interesting thing with Ian,
0: like when he like marries Melissa and everything, he's so threatening. But we also know that Ian knows, or Ian thinks that he knows that Spencer killed Allison. So you also have to imagine, yeah, Ian's a creep, but think of how mad you would be if you knew that this girl killed someone and she was constantly trying to frame you for it. <laughs> you'd be pretty you'd be pretty annoyed with her.
1: Yeah, that would be very annoying. Um, and I guess while we're talking about uh, Melissa's ex-boyfriends that Spencer dates in some way, we can talk let's, about Ren. Let's
0: talk about the necklace himself.
1: Uh <laughs> Ren.
0: What a, what a, Ren has the greatest end to any character. Of, I mean, it's just. If, the, if Ren and Nolkhan have the best endings.
1: I agree. Yeah. I think it's very true. And of, I
3: think
0: the
1: way in which, like, Ren's entire life is reduced to a necklace because he got wrapped up in the orbit of Melissa Hastings and the Hastings family. Yeah. Like I this mean, man literally ends up as a necklace, and he's really—I don't know—you really get the feeling once you know that that's how he
0: ends, and you go back and watch it, and you're just like, "Yeah, this guy's whole life is leading up to him becoming a necklace." <laughs> like, there's just no other way for this man's life to end. It's a really <laughs> fitting end, and it's interesting. He's he he he's like really into the children of Peter Hastings, you know? Like,
1: it's his I
2: don't, kink.
0: Yeah, like I did. Ren and Jason ever interact? I don't think they did. I it would have. It would have been, been explosive. In love. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been in love. Maybe that was actually Ren's true soulmate.
1: Maybe in and like a sliding why, in a sliding Spencer, door scenario, he should have yeah. ended up with Jason.
0: Yeah, well, Spencer is Jason's genetically full sibling. Spencer yeah. and Alex are genetically full siblings. To. Jason, because their moms are identical twins. So maybe that's why Ren is so obsessed with Spencer and Alex. Yeah. He never met his true love, the son of Jessica DeLaurentis and Peter Hastings. And
1: the lesson here is be gay or you'll turn into a necklace.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: that's the moral of Ren's story. That's the gay agenda. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Anything else to say about Ren?
1: Nah. I think he is the hottest one, though.
0: Yeah, he's the hottest one. And he's got the accent, which we should have known he would be evil because all British people are evil and pretty little liars. But so now for Ren. Oh, also Ren, Ren is on. the uh, not to not to bring up the rape insemination baby thing again, but Ren is the father of Emily's babies. And those babies are going to be so hot. Stunning. Those babies are going to be gorgeous.
1: Too bad the trauma that they'll endure being the child of Allison De Laurentis will overpower that, and they'll be yeah, mentally I mean, unwell. Yeah, we saw how Jessica De Laurentis's children turned out. So not good. It's a good thing they'll have their looks. Yes, they'll always
0: have their looks to fall back on, if <laughs> not their mental health and stability.
1: Yes. Um, so now let's briefly talk about some of like Spencer's just dalliances. Yes. She, you know, she, I don't know that there is a man in this world of Rosewood that has a conversation with Spencer and isn't in, instantly like in love with her. So we've yeah. got Alex, our tennis pro, yeah. um, who maybe the one who is the least infatuated with her actually. Uh, yeah.
0: And who breaks up with her because he thinks that she in an application for him to some tennis camp yeah I mean look normally I would say he really fumbled that one because she was so out of his league but he really dodged a bullet actually yeah it's yeah I, I like to sometimes I like to imagine Alex watching the news over the next couple of years and just the feeling of relief that he has
1: yeah I think so. I think he's like, wow, my life is so simple. My life is great. I'm so glad I, I left that party. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we have another London boy, Colin, the flatmate of Melissa and Wren. I'm sorry. Listen, I understand that uh, London is a very expensive city. I live in New York, also an expensive city. I don't believe that Ren and Melissa had a flatmate. No, that doesn't make any no. sense to me. Like, no, because
0: Ren comes from money. We know this. Ren comes yeah. from money.
1: Melissa comes from money, and you're telling me that they couldn't afford. They couldn't get a one bedroom to share in London. Yeah, I think they that could seems have.
0: Crazy. Also, it, it's also worth noting. This is we we've, we've talked about this before. This is during a time when according to Alex Drake, Ren and Melissa shouldn't be together because she claims that Ren and Melissa were broken up when they got together when her and yeah. Ren got together, but also we know that her and Ren are that Alex Drake and Ren are together at this point but Melissa and Ren are living together and I just have to assume Alex Drake when she said that Melissa and Ren were broken up she means during that first time that they were broken up for a long time
2: mm-hmm. and then
0: she Alex Drake started dating Ren and was like, I need you to date Melissa again because I need information about my family. And yeah. that's what's happening here.
1: Back to Colin, the flatmate. Yeah. <laughs> I I find this man, I think I've looked it up, and I think he the actor is actually British, but his accent sounds so fake to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think we have looked this up multiple times. He is, in fact, British despite all evidence to the contrary <laughs>
1: like this and i and maybe it's just the writing but like there's a lot of like i think there's even a he has like a uh you know we see him for one episode he takes spencer to like a shakespeare play or whatever um and we hear him like he he rattles off the list of like british slang for things you know like lift and loo and like all of this and it's like nobody needs this what are we doing here so maybe it's not his fault maybe it's just the writing but yeah colin they have their little like shakespeare date they go to a pub spencer gets a little tipsy they kiss meanwhile spencer this is one of many times that spencer cheats on toby
0: yeah but you also have to remember that toby's a cop at this point so forgivable Eh, doesn't doesn't count no
1: Right. Toby's like I actually, at I think his like can actually, he, he's yeah. at his like express cop training or something.
0: Yeah. You it actually doesn't matter how many times you cheat on a cop, it doesn't count. <laughs> then Johnny. Johnny Raymond. The, <laughs> the artist. The artist extraordinaire.
1: But um, also the man also the man who introduced us to yes. an impeccable phrase, a perpetual motion machine powered by secrets. What yeah. does that mean? I don't know but it is the thesis statement for Rosewood. (laughs) It is such a phrase. It is the most
0: apt description of that town. And he's not even describing the town. He's describing whatever this weird invention is that he made. But he accidentally landed on the best description of Rosewood that has ever existed. He's Uh, an artist after all. Egg. Egg. (laughs) He, like, comes into into the Hastings house just, like, demanding eggs from spencer
1: like well, he, well he, with no other context because right? he just no there's context because earlier okay. on in the episode he's digging through their trash for eggshells yes yeah. for just trash to make paints and spencer's just like fascinated by this because she's like oh we studied right. like we studied, i studied that in like art history or something and um she had to make like her craziest own. course catalog <laughs> It for their high as, school it, it's crazy um but anyways so she so she was talking to them to him about it's it like oh have you been to italy like do you make your own paints and they were having this little conversation and then some sort of like a emergency happens um and because he's like oh i'll tell you all about my trip to italy if you give me an egg then she gets distracted by some emergency thing and uh And then she's like, "Oh, can I get you that egg later?" Meanwhile, she's opening the fridge door. She is, she is opening this door. All she had to do was reach and grab the egg and give it to him, but no, it's a deck to be collected at a later time. So then he comes. That's how Spencer keeps him hooked. Yeah, exactly. Um, Some some girls, you know, will leave their bag at a guy's house to like make sure that they. This is like how to lose a guy in ten days. So then later that night. He knocks on their little like back door, she opens the door and he just shouts egg at her.
3: Yeah. Like egg. He not a sentence. He just
1: sentence, keeps repeating just it. the word egg. And he, he doesn't and he even can phrase it in a way that sounds like a question. You know how you can say a word and just like kind of yeah. go up at the end go, and it sounds like a question? He just he says like,
0: egg. Yeah, he didn't go like egg. He was like, egg. Egg. It was sorry, that's probably too loud. It's gonna blow out the mic. <laughs> But, like it's the most insane interaction, anyways, Johnny other, and then they vandalize him,
1: something together,
0: yeah. and then really, that, the only okay, things I have to say about him are perpetual motion machine powered by secrets and eggs. yes,
1: but also his really like misplaced understanding of like he thinks he owns the art that he vandalized oh. a building with. and yes,
3: yeah,
0: yeah I'm sure Johnny like, has
1: I'm sure Johnny is doing great. And by that, I mean, he's doing awful. Um, Oh,
0: yeah. Johnny's gone nowhere. (laughs) Sober Dean. This is, of course, her sober coach.
1: Yeah. And they don't, I don't know that they ever kiss. Do they? No, they do. They do do kiss after he's fired. Yeah. He's fired. They have their little kiss. These are, this is like the string of Colin, Johnny, and Dean are all like the string of guys she kisses that and cheats on Toby with.
0: Yeah. Um, Um.
1: sober so, though I think in general like I like sober
0: I like sober except for I want to talk really quick about their when sober is reintroduced when Spencer is going through her pop oh yeah after the dollhouse and she's supposed to like go to it like he he finds her at like a meeting right she goes to like a AA meeting NA meeting I'm not sure yeah and that they talk a bit and catch up and then she's supposed to go to the to, a, to this next meeting and she doesn't end up going because she's got shit to do right and she mm-hmm. was so mad at her like he shows up and he's like you know when when my friends don't show up for things it's because they're like in a ditch somewhere or, like and like makes her feel really bad about this and like i'm sorry dude she's got shit going on you know yeah. that this girl was just kidnapped also what if she was in a bunk in a- what if she is in a bunker again Yeah, I mean, at this point, he knows she wasn't, but like, but like, yeah, like you, you can't, you can't be this mad at somebody who literally just got out of an underground dollhouse. Cut her some fucking slack. He also is like really anti, like she's like microdosing weed
1: through a cookie,
0: through a cookie. (laughs) Yeah, the most ridiculous. She's taking crumbs of this cookie to like (laughs) microdose throughout the day, and it's. You know, look, could that become, like, a long-term, uh, like, bit of, like, a bad habit, a crutch? Sure. Totally. She is in the immediate aftermath of a massive trauma, and her mother is withholding anxiety meds, which is another topic. I don't think that, I don't think weed or anxiety meds are, like, an issue for somebody who had an amphetamine addiction. Yeah. Um, like, uh, it, it seems like something to keep an cantal. eye on.
1: Yeah. But like, but like sh- to be to to force to force her to like recover from that trauma like and like white knuckle this like it's extreme insane. trauma. Insane. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: Anyways, she can't sleep. Anyways, no, I have so many thoughts about the way that we deal with Spencer's like substance issues after that like trauma. I think that honestly, her like microdosing that that cookie was Is honestly probably. Like,
1: even safer than her using the prescribed. Yeah. For sure. meds. Yeah. Like, this and is think, like, probably a great way for her to go about it, actually. I think maybe her doctor should have recommended it. Yeah. But Soberdeen does not like it. No. Uh, so, yeah,
0: that's Soberdeen. Anyways, and then there's Andrew, who we forgot to talk about with Ariad we should have, because they also have a bit of a pseudo relationship, something. They have a oh, I thought we talked ship. about him. Yeah. I don't Anyways. I think we missed any anyway, regardless. Him and Spencer also have like, not really they don't date they don't i don't even know if they fully kiss she doesn't says, she like
1: show him she so like takes her off her shirt date. yeah when she's trying to get amphetamines from him they have like a little flirt match, i think and like we see like there's something there i think i think w- in a world without the existence of a i think or- that spencer and andrew would have like been together in high school
0: yeah, yeah. or without toby
1: well, because I don't think Toby and, I don't think Toby and Spencer happen without A.
0: Yeah, that's very true.
1: They that never that happens. Um, and and yeah. so I think like in a world where like Spencer is able to live a somewhat normal, I mean, somewhat normal because obviously her parents exist, yeah. but in a world Andrew's where she's the normal living...
0: high school experience boyfriend.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now circle to... back to our, our two big ones. Toby yes. and Caleb, who should we go for first? We talked a little bit about Toby.
0: Yeah, let's finish. Let's let's do Toby. Toby's a, a real Taylor Swift. He has eras. <laughs> first, we have his Boo Radley era at the beginning. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And then eventually we transition to, I think we have like a brief sort of like sensitive boy era, but then we have teen contractor era. Mm-hmm. Then we have pop era. Copra. And copra. <laughs> I think that's a cop opera, actually. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, but <laughs> Toby, like, I Toby, I don't know. Thanks. I don't Listen, even know what to say this, here. This is. He goes to instant police academy and just becomes so awful.
1: And here's the thing: like, it's not that I think it's not that I hate Toby, but yeah. I kind of hate Toby, and I think like, I and I and I. This is not a diss on Keegan Allen, but anybody in a scene next to Spencer and to the masterful work that I think Troy and Belisario was doing in this show looks inept. And Toby and putting Toby and Keegan Allen, again, no offense, putting him and his abilities. Next to Troyan, who again, Troyan is just absolutely slaying this show. It's and awesome. it's just he doesn't live up to it. He just can't hold his own. Yeah. And
0: it's also consistently one of the like few examples ever that I can think of of like really one sided sexual tension. Yeah, like well, usually that's a couple in a show or something has either like good great chemistry and sexual tension or none whatsoever. Right. Mm-hmm. But you get so much sexual attention and, like, desire from Spencer for Toby, and you don't feel that from Toby for Spencer, which is crazy.
1: Because it's crazy, too, because, like we were saying, every man that comes in contact with Spencer is attracted to her, understandably. She has this, like, undeniable sexual energy and, like... She is
0: Mary Drake's daughter. She is a magnet. Mary Drake had so many lovers.
1: (laughs) exactly. Exactly. And I think that like Toby is just kind of blah. yeah. Next to her. And, well, and I think
0: like I could have liked Toby as a character a lot more if we'd kept his original, like not, like he has like that little bit of like a bad boy loner thing and like yeah. he hated the cops. That would have made him a cop and that that really ruined him.
1: It really did. And I don't I don't fully I would love to know what they were thinking with that. Like, it feels uh, out of character, but I guess it also provided them the ability to have a, a more close-up understanding of what was happening with the cops. Well, I, I think it know. also was a,
0: an attempt to be able to work the boyfriends. Because they, they'd they come up with this great model in Caleb, right? Where he had yeah, skills that were true. useful to them. And they were like, I mean, they don't need a lot of, like,
1: contract working.
0: Work. <laughs> in their fight against A. So they wanted yeah. to keep Toby around and keep him relevant. And so to do that, they make him a cop and it sucks. Uh, yeah. And he's bad at it. Yeah, um, Maybe, maybe Toby should have had a Veronica Mars moment. He could have become like a PI.
1: <laughs> yeah. Granted, yeah. so he would have
0: been really bad at it. Wow. Uh, because him and Caleb really accomplish virtually nothing in their little like party attempts and their
1: attempts at solving things. They're useless. Yeah. Um speaking of, maybe this is how we transition into Caleb. Caleb. Um this is I think one of our more controversial opinions. Yeah. Look, we and, hinted at this in the Hannah episode. Yeah. Um, and it is that Spaleb, Spaleb is hot. superior.
0: <laughs> Spaleb has for I I honestly I think that Spaleb was the reason ABC family had to transition to free form before the flash forward of Pretty Little Lies,
1: It was too sexy. It was, it was too, too hot. There was too family. much chemistry. I agree, I agree. Because they are like, onto something.
0: So much sexual tension. And that, that was there even in the high school years between Spencer and Caleb, because it fits so naturally. Like Caleb's skills were essential, right? Mm-hmm. And Spencer was the center of their mystery-solving efforts. So it just, it, it makes sense that her boyfriend should be the more useful one. Yeah. And like, I think it does kind of work well that it's not because then you create maybe t- two Spencer centered show, but it works
1: so well in the five years forward, her and Caleb together. And, and I think it just makes so much sense. Like it does. The, and because I think, I think we've talked about this, but the fact that they all end up with their high school boyfriends or girlfriends is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and and would have been such a wonderful subversion what makes sense is spencer and caleb ending up together and they reconnected in dc and they became friends and like in europe well right but then they continued they like they yeah reconnected in europe but then like continued to their friendship in dc anyways and they like built this like friendship and like again like this attraction to each other that was always there it was always there, but Spencer was busy. Caleb was with Hannah. And, like, again, this is a controversial opinion. Hannah and Caleb don't really make sense together as adults. Yes, yes. And Spencer and Caleb really do. They really, really do. Mm-hmm. And I wish that they had ended up together. I think Same. that... I do like Caleb and I, and I'm not like,
0: we love Hannah guys. We love Hannah. Hannah. (laughs) I'm not like angry about the fact that they ended up together. I just feel like it would have been much more interesting to have Spencer and Caleb end up together. I also, I mean, let's talk about the like girl code argument thing. I don't think that Spencer did anything wrong. Right. Like this is Hannah. I mean, yes. Like I think it's, it's Hannah's high school boyfriend, but like, obviously, this is more important than your average high school relationship, but Hannah and Caleb broke up for reasons having nothing to do with Spencer. And Hannah is now engaged to a really good guy. Like oh, he's a hot, Jordan. rich Australian. Uh, with a who private jet her or something. Yeah, I know. Who like adores her. And Spencer is interesting. And she talks to Hannah about it and she, Leaves it really open for Hannah to be able to say no, mm-hmm. and she doesn't. And I think that the greater betrayal is Hannah than sort of stealing Caleb back.
1: Agreed. And, and I know that people are going to disagree with that. I know. I know. This is where we'll get canceled, but they're, they're going to pull the plug on our podcast and be like, "No." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I'm also going to say, like, so obviously the last episode we have Alex Drake. Who And the reason she turns Ren into a necklace is because she wants to take over Spencer's life and date Toby. And she hooks up with Toby at least once, if not twice, without him knowing that it's not Spencer. So that's questionable. But this all makes more sense if Alex Drake wants to get with Caleb.
0: It really does. It makes a lot more sense. It's
1: never... I'm sorry. Listen. There is a a way that she could have brought Ren with her. And not had to be with Toby, but she was just so drawn to Toby. Toby, yeah, that makes yeah, no like sense. Like Ren to me. would have done
0: anything, right? Ren would have done anything for Alex Drake or Spencer. Yeah. And
1: honestly, I think he yeah, it's interchangeable for him.
0: Yeah, interchangeable for him. He's just really just obsessed with that general shape of a woman, and <laughs> and he yeah. so like yeah, Alex Drake could have brought Ren
2: but it 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 was just
0: like so into toby exactly it just doesn't make sense caleb ren Ren is is also obviously crazy right which is great for alex
1: yeah and And i'm not saying that i still think ren is hotter than caleb oh but caleb at least is hotter than toby
0: well and he has he has the intellect right like he has he has like that draw to him that i think you know you could really like the sort of sapiosexual like argument thing there, exactly right? Where, yeah. like Alex Drake is just so attracted to Caleb's competence yeah that she like really wants to be with him yeah and yeah it just doesn't make as much sense but no Spencer though yeah Spencer has so much sexual tension with everyone just everyone she also a bit of a side note she thought Ezreal was so hot
3: yeah
1: she's like she's the most into it
0: yeah, because she went I- to
1: older
3: guys
0: for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah. So, like okay. Spencer,
0: I think we said like Aria definitely dated a TA. Spencer also definitely dated a TA. 100%. 100%. Or like hooked up with one at least. Mm-hmm. I think Aria yeah. dated a TA. Spencer hooked up with a TA and he got a little clingy and she kind of ghosted him.
1: Yeah. Her now family. Let's yeah. Speak yeah. To her family.
0: It is complicated. <laughs> let's start with the Zeus of the whole story. Peter in that all of the problems in this show are because he could not keep it in his pants. He is It's Zeus. that
1: Hastings energy. Yeah. Like and it's, that's I think what makes Spencer so powerful is she has Peter Hastings and Mary Drake's DNA. And Oh yeah. That is such a powerful combination that yeah. nobody can resist apparently. Yeah.
0: It's 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 a really crazy combination and and it's interesting you know that peter and and maybe maybe it's maybe it's more just like a a male female thing peter and jessica's child doesn't have that same energy right like, no jason does not have the the magnetism that spencer and alex have because i think by having the
1: same genetics but i think that mary drake has a magnetism that jessica doesn't absolutely and i and there's something not genetic about that there's something just i don't know i don't know enough about genetics or yeah identical twins or anything but i think that like mary drake and i'm gonna also say i think mary drake's dna mixed with peter's dna raised by veronica hastings
0: unbeatable (laughs)
1: It's unbeatable. And that I think maybe that's what it is. Veronica is the is the special ingredient here that made Spencer who she like this I think no. Veronica brought a mental stability yeah, to those genetics not. that was yeah. needed that yeah. Alex
0: Drake unfortunately didn't get. Correct. Let's talk and about Peter. Jason I, I Jason oh, go got Jason got Kenneth. <sighs> Jason got to be raised thinking that he was the son of Ken De Laurentiis. He's just Ken. Um, he's just Ken. Um, I think that
1: that really accounts for it as well. Okay. So yeah, Peter. Peter. So let's talk a little bit about Peter and Spencer's relationship. I think yeah. that it's interesting. And obviously, like, Peter's main go-to is, like, I would do anything to protect this family. Or also, you know, keeping a bunch of secrets. <laughs> like, he... Mm-hmm. P- Peter will, he'll, he'll pay that money to like cover something up to protect the family or whatever. And, or it's, it's, I'll do anything to protect our family, stay away from the dealer Laurentis's Like, that's his like yeah. every other line. Um, Would you ever but, talk to that family. Yeah.
0: But I it, and truly, it's because he has so many secrets that he's worried about yeah. unraveling that he's like, yeah. Please don't talk to the hate or go to the dealer Laurentis's.
1: Yeah. Um, but I think, though, there is something like interesting about, like and we don't really see too much of their relationship i feel like in the later seasons but in the first couple of seasons like maybe it's just the first season we see like you know they play tennis together he you know is really proud of her for the essay that she stole and like there's like there's something about like the way i think he does generally i think keep more up to date with her life than A lot of the other dads that we see in the show like obviously like tom is non-existent wayne's out at army and byron is byron but like peter is at least like somewhat paying attention i think in general the way he's paying attention tends to be more about accomplishments and like he's and that's kind of why i think their family is the way they are is they get attention when they accomplish something great but Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting I mean there's a genuine
0: affection there right between Peter yeah. and Spencer I think Spencer is a bit of a daddy's girl like especially early on but also it's interesting I mean obviously the writers did not know that Spencer was not Veronica's daughter when they started writing the show <laughs> that would have been insane but I like if we're you know removing the idea of like what, to, what the writers knew and like just talking about like these characters as if they weren't written it's interesting Peter seems to favor spencer and Mm -hmm. veronica seems to favor melissa early on especially right Mm -hmm. and obviously i think with veronica maybe there is a little bit of like favoring her biological daughter and i think that veronica really grows over the show and i don't think that that's the case later on and then with peter obviously both are his daughter or his biological daughters But is there maybe like a little part of Peter that maybe he's not even conscious of that is like, if Spencer is just as or more successful than Melissa, it proves that Melissa and Spencer's success is kind of due to his DNA and not Veronica's. (laughs) Is it a little bit of a competition with Veronica?
1: That's so sociopathic I love that
0: <laughs> like again not consciously yeah you know? but like there's a yeah. little bit of like a- of a vanity there right
1: like well, I also think maybe he is wishing for Spencer's success as a like obviously like I think he doesn't want Spencer to be trouble for for Veronica right because mm-hmm. if Spencer was a problem child right like if Spencer was like failing and whatever i think like it would be it would i think it would cause tension between veronica and peter that i think peter doesn't want because yeah. he doesn't want veronica to be reminded of the fact that he had an affair twice and fathered two children um yeah one of them that now lives with them like i think like there's an element of like his like i think attachment to spencer and like um investment in her success that is also like self like self-preservation self-preservation well, also
0: maybe maybe a little bit of like anxiety right of like yeah. you know not knowing how being mary drake's daughter is going to affect how right spencer turns out
1: and i think like there's something like really sweet and like i was was saying like i think peter pays more attention to his daughter and like what she likes and dislikes than the other father's when he, like, gets her her favorite chocolates, like, buttercreams mm-hmm. or something, um, after she, I think it's after the essay or whatever. Like, there's, there's an understanding there of her that I think, like, the other fathers don't have of their daughters.
0: Yeah, I mean, she does make a point of being like, I mean, they were my favorite when I was eight. Oh, yeah, I forgot also, about like that. First of all, a that's a fancy choice.
1: <laughs> well, also, it's like, what kind of, like, eight-year-old has a favorite specialty chocolate?
0: Oh yeah. It's insane. And she made the
1: worst choice.
0: They're the Crazy. most disgusting ones. Any, anything else to have say about- Have you had it? a
1: buttercream? Isn't that it? Like I've never had a buttercream.
0: Yes, you have. If you've had one of those like
1: Valentine's
0: day chocolate box type things, there are buttercreams in there. Oh. It's, it's it's just like my understanding, God, I hope I'm not wrong. I don't like to be wrong publicly. Is It's just-
1: Or privately. Essentially
0: buttercream Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> buttercream frosting covered in chocolate, essentially.
1: Oh, that's disgusting.
0: Yeah, like it's obviously I think it's a little different than buttercream frosting, but it's similar. Huh? Do I need to look up buttercreams and make sure that I'm right about that? No, (laughs) it's fine. This is it's like therapy for me. This will be good to allow myself (laughs) to maybe be wrong and not try to (laughs) preempt it. So,
1: So, should we move on to Melissa?
0: Yeah, because I think we talked about Veronica. Yeah, Um, Melissa. Melissa. Melissa is crazy. (laughs) Melissa is nuts.
3: Like. I the, the
0: Hastings DNA,
1: I've got to imagine, is really coming through there. I don't know. I just think like Melissa's and I think like Melissa's behavior in like the first season or two generally checks out, right? Like yeah. I think she is she's covered up a murder for her sister and then married her high school boyfriend. and they're now covering this up together, and her sister is like continually actively trying to frame at- her new husband. <laughs> Yeah. And, like, I think that, like, and I think Melissa's behavior, by and large, like, and her, like, kind of disdain for Spencer makes sense. Because it's, like, exactly what you're saying. Like, Spencer killed someone and is accusing Ian of doing that. And, like, whatever.
0: Melissa says something interesting when Spencer is admitted to Radley. She tells Spencer, she's like, all this time I thought you were just being cruel. It never occurred to me that you might not be well, which I think implies, right? Like, no. Mm-hmm. Then knowing later on, like the full story of what Melissa did and what she that she thinks Spencer killed Allie. I think that Melissa really thought that Spencer knew, at least on some level, that she that she had killed Allison. Yeah. Right. Like that Spencer. Like I don't think Melissa realized that Spencer has no memory of that night, and so that really like it's not even that like Spencer is like framing Ian but doesn't realize she's doing it but it's still annoying right it's no spend from Melissa's perspective at that time she thinks that Spencer knows Mm -hmm. that she herself killed Allison yeah and and that really adds to like Melissa be like hating her so much
1: Mm mm-hmm And, but, but again, like knowing that, understanding that context, and that's kind of where Melissa's coming from. The first couple seasons, Melissa's fine. I think she's, she sucks. Like, I think in general, I wouldn't want to have dinner with, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to get a drink with Melissa. But what is wild to me, and I think what's so crazy about Melissa is the way in which she continues. And I mean, we, we, we were planning on an episode for like red herrings. And I think Melissa's one of them but uh like she is so continually involving herself in this stuff that it just seems so unnatural like this is a woman who i think is like probably in her mid-20s by the end like yeah for the bulk of this like late or like 23 to 25 let's say and she is just like so involved at the most random times and is like so concerned with Allie returning to Rosewood and it's like Melissa you don't even live here anymore why are you here why are you teaming up with Mona to do anything like why you don't live here yeah I mean to be fair Melissa has a continued
0: vested interest in everything because she killed Bethany Young I mean true but, but like, you also have to remember that this she is a grown lives in London woman. and they
1: don't extradite. Yeah,
0: I was just kidding. This is a grown woman who believes for some reason that the UK does not extradite.
1: <laughs> that somehow they're safe from, from any legal woes if they live in, in London. <laughs> so there's an iron curtain between the UK <laughs> and the US. Yeah, obviously like their, her relationship with Spencer is very much like colored by that by bethany young right and that murder um but i think like it's what do we think about like their relationship before any of that happened it seemed so icy and i don't know yeah. if this is something like if their parents were pitting them against each other or what like it, it was like normal a competition like
0: it was like a normal sibling rivalry from like yeah you know having these sort of competitive parents and just like being the older sister that's kind of just like oh yeah my little like melissa was very much Is that how it made age. you feel yeah you were pretty awful oh, you were no you were i can't real believe melissa. i'm <laughs> melissa <laughs> <laughs> no but like you know i think melissa yeah. was still at that age where it's like true. they're not really interested in your younger siblings as like people as like a close relationship with it you know like that's true like, even you and i like we were close we were definitely close i think growing up but like we became much closer as adults when you begin to value those sibling relationships more yeah that's true And yeah, so I think, like, under normal circumstances, without all the murder and the secret, secret moms with identical twins and whatnot, I think that they would have probably grown into a
1: fairly healthy relationship eventually. Do you think that they did? Because I feel like in this, in like the last episode, I feel like we have like, yeah, there is an implication that they, you know, were close and, you know, Spencer has kind of gotten really close with Veronica like, there's a closeness, I think, that, and I like that. That yeah. makes me happy. Yeah.
0: Well, so actually, I have another question about, you know, we talked about Melissa and Mona, and I just want to know, like, did those two ever talk about the murder they committed together? <laughs> like, when they inadvertently murdered
1: a girl together? Maybe that's why Melissa is in touch with Mona at all. Because otherwise, it <laughs> doesn't really make sense. Like, Yeah. But maybe, maybe they're... Melissa's-
0: retroactively like i think i just need to like become close with mona to like make it better i guess that i covered up a murder for her
1: yeah or like maybe just so she has a connection to what mona's doing because mona's unstable so like it's probably best for melissa that she keeps tabs on mona
0: on this yeah
1: this person that she tag teamed a murder with
0: yeah so mary drake icon love her Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah we're very much of the opinion right that like she's crazy and and and, like jessica is the villain yeah like jessica absolutely killed a baby
1: killed a baby and then blamed her sister and then let her sister sister be sent away to like a mental institution for then years and years then
0: adopted that sister's child ended up allowing that child to be committed to a mental institution as well and then lied to her sister and told her that her child had died.
1: It's crazy. Jessica's insane. Jessica is a, a menace. Anyways. She is a nightmare. Yeah, but, but Mary yeah. Drake, I think like, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, as we know, Mary Drake now lives in the basement of a dollhouse in Paris. But I would be interested to know. like I'd be She does not know. deserve, by the way.
0: I don't think so. Justice for I Mary mean, Drake. Let her out, Mona.
1: Well, you, you know,
0: were, because here's the thing. Mary Drake is in such an impossible situation. It's true. It's true. She is stuck between wh- her. one of her children has just died. Right. And she is stuck between her two other children. One of like who she loves, but like one of who has had a very difficult life. You're right. And she probably, and who she was involved in selling this child off, Mm -hmm. right? So I think like she feels guilty about that, right? Like she thought Alex was supposed to have this great life with this rich family in the UK. And she ended up having a really terrible life. And I think Mary Drake feels guilty about that. And she's trying to balance these two competing interests. It's hard to
1: be a mom. I mean, I wouldn't know,
0: but. Yeah. You know, Mary Drake is facing the situation so many mothers face. Like, what it, what it happens when one of your daughters <laughs> has not had all of the advantages of the other? And so they want to take over the other's life and trap them in an underground bunker.
1: Like, yeah. what do you do? What do you do in that situation? There's so many bunkers. The
0: real, yeah, it's a real system This family choice.
1: is building crazy amounts of bunkers.
0: Uh, I actually think that, like, you know how, like, New York is built on, like, the subway system, uh-huh. right? I think that Rosewood... It's actually, like you can't <laughs> dig more than, like, 10 feet down into Rosewood before you hit a bunker. It's all built on a <laughs> network of
1: bunkers. Checks out. That really checks yeah. out. Um, so, okay. Alex Drake. Alex.
0: Hello, sister. Just- <laughs> yeah, so this is maybe a good time to make sure that people understand what we're doing at the beginning of every episode oh, of this yeah. podcast. Now that we're five episodes
1: in, <laughs> in, in case you don't remember, uh, I don't when... know how, I mean, listen, <laughs> if you don't remember... You shouldn't be listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah.
0: this might No offense. Be you, but when Alex Drake is introduced and then like, she's, she's coming down to like, you know, coming back down to the bunker to like see Spencer and she, in her Cockney accent to Spencer goes, Hello, sister, and that is what we are
3: referencing.
1: <laughs> yes. And I think we also need to address Troy and Belisaro's Cockney accent uh-huh. And I'm of the belief, I am of the belief that it's not the worst Cockney accent I've ever heard, but I think what happened was I think the writers told Troian the day of that this character would be having a Cockney accent, and she just didn't have enough time to prepare.
0: Yeah, I think she actually talked about it on the Broswatch PLL2 podcast. They do interview Troian Bellisario, and they talk to her about this. I mean, I don't think that they, I don't think they're like shitting on her Cockney accent, but, um, and I think she says that she, she's able to do a British accent, but Mm -hmm. she felt like this character, because of the backstory, needed to have like a lower class Mm -hmm. accent than the one that she's able to do. And so she tried to like, she developed this like Cockney accent that obviously like is not the best Cockney accent, but I would also make the argument, I mean, one, it is camp. Absolutely. So camp, and also I think really look if this had happened in season two, season three, I think it would have been bad. Happening in the final like like episode of seven mm-hmm. seasons of this show that really began to embrace like surrealism,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I think is actually a really great just like
1: yeah, ha- and I think it also and I think it also really shows. What what Troyan was bringing to this show, like Troyan was yeah. thinking about this, right? And like, she she made a choice, and I think at the end of the day, I'm so happy that she made that choice. Yeah, like it's just it's fun. Every was it jarring like at first? It. Was it jarring? Absolutely. Yeah, oh, but yeah. now I love it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely love it. I love it.
0: It grew on me so much, and I think like for people that I that really
1: didn't like it. I invite you to let it grow on you. I invite you to take the stick out of your ass and have fun. <laughs> yes, because it's <laughs> fun anyways. So yeah, I'm I'm on board with the cockney
0: accent. Same, same. But I will admit the first time I saw it I was not. <laughs>
1: I was very confused. Yes. So let's talk wait, about wait. The, let's talk about the ending. Let's talk about uh, the yeah. Alex Drake of it all. I love uh, it.
0: I fucking love it. I love it so
1: because much. Here's the thing that I think is so fun about it is that twins has been a constant theme from like day one. Yeah, maybe not day one, but like definitely season one. Like there, well, I mean, we are the, talking the sort twins of specter and
3: specter
0: and potential of twins has hung over the show since day one. Uh huh. Because one, uh, like it's in the books, right? Like mm-hmm. Allison is a twin in the books. And spoiler alert. Sorry if you were planning to read the books. But also the show, because of that, is constantly playing with the possibility of an Allison twin in the beginning because they hadn't decided if they were gonna go that route or not.
1: And so And I think that the choice to make the twin have the twin twist be with Spencer is unexpected and Mm -hmm. incredible. Like I, I suppose it's it's less expected once we learn of the existence of Mary Drake because then we know that like twins run in the family sort of thing. Still, but it also totally makes less expected. Exactly
0: because you think we've already we've already we've, done the twin twist. Exactly,
1: but yeah. it was a fake out. It's great. I think it's really fun. I think it's like I, I think the I only, only thing wish we'd gotten more. I, that's what I was gonna say. That's yeah. exactly what I was gonna say. I only wish that we had. A little longer with Alex Drake. Yeah. Because that wish, was fun. Yeah.
0: I wish we hadn't done the year forward. For like flash forward uh-huh. of a year. And then I also wish like. Yeah I wish that Alex Drake had kidnapped Spencer. Maybe in the second to last episode. Maybe even earlier. Mm-hmm. And we had gotten. I, I wish maybe, yeah. Maybe she
1: had been living as Spencer more. Like we obviously yeah, get those okay. like few scenes. Where we're like told like. Oh that was actually Alex Drake. But I think it would have been fun if we had more of that. If when we find out about the twin, we find out we've actually been watching the twin for
0: the last like two, three, four episodes or something.
3: that's so fun. And,
0: And also, or even like a full half season. And also I think, because obviously I love the mirror scene reveal and I think that we still need that. And so I think what it is, is I think that it should be that Spencer... We don't see Spencer, right? We see, so we, and she's been kidnapped and we don't know that, right? Uh-huh. But also Spencer doesn't know who kidnapped her. Spencer uh-huh. is isolated in this like cage until the moment when they want to do the twin reveal, which again, I think should have happened not in the final episode, but yeah. maybe in the episode before.
3: Mm-hmm. And then the
0: last episode is more about the girls finding Spencer.
1: Yeah. Cause I will say, the way in which we the others uncover the the twin twist uh-huh. that feels unnatural well i mean i still want the horse to figure it out i still want the horse to figure it out but i don't want i don't think toby would notice that yeah and i think it's also a little ridiculous that like jenna toby, smells yeah. alex yeah, drake and like that's, that, that's not spencer jenna. Yeah, I could do without the Jenna part of it. I
0: still want Bashful to break the case. Yeah. Um. But and then Bashful I Bashful is the, a
1: better cop than Toby. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: And but I also think like, yeah, in that final part, especially where it's like, you know, the classic, which twin do we shoot? Which one's the real one? I wish that the liars had been the ones to yeah. figure out which one was Spencer and not Toby. Agreed. Like, I can maybe give Toby the bashful thing if the liars then get to be the ones that are able to tell the difference between Alex and Spencer at the end. Yeah.
1: Well, and I just feel like it's so kind of like Toby is like presenting his theory to the liars and they're all just like, yeah, that's right. It just makes that so makes passive sense. right at the end. Yeah. Like, and I just like, feel like they should have been more involved in it. They should have. Yeah. I don't know. 100%. Love it, love it
0: conceptually. And I love the execution by and large. I just wish we'd spent more time with it rather Mm -hmm. than, I wish we had done it the way we would have done it if it wasn't the series finale, right? I think that there was so much padding of trying to like tie up all of the relationships and like the fan service and everything that has to happen Mm -hmm. that we kind of rushed the like mystery aspect of it. I think we lost the plot a little bit in that sense. Conceptually, though, love it. Yeah, and that mirror scene is impeccable. So good. Let's Jason? move on to Jason.
1: Yeah, half brother, genetically her full brother. I actually really enjoy their relationship, and I think it's really like, I think it's nice once Spencer knows that you know she she's or he's her half brother or brother. I, I don't know, whatever. Once. Spencer knows that I think it's there there's like a really kind of like sweet like way in which they look after each other I mean a lot of it is Spencer looking after Jason but yes like much more committed to this sibling relationship than Jason is and I think maybe she's just desperate for a sibling like and I think that that's also a fascinating thing to consider when we not to go back to Alex but like I think she's I think Spencer is so um, disappointed with how her relationship is with Melissa. She's desperate for a sibling, mm-hmm. and like it's funny that we kind of give her all of these other siblings in like this really messy way.
0: So messy, yeah. Like Jason, uh, we every time that Spencer goes to Jason for something like mystery related because he's acting suspicious or whatever, he honestly seems super annoyed about it. And I think that it's because he's always hoping Aria is going to be the one to definitely question him. He loves to be questioned by Aria and because he's obsessed with her mm-hmm. and i so that I think that that's a lot of the the his lack of um he doesn't respond well to as well to Spencer as like Spencer does to him, and I think it's because mm-hmm. honestly he's just every time Spencer talks in he's like, ah, Arya could have done this,
1: yeah, well, Aria let's also talk him. about let's also talk about the time in which Jason I think is the most brotherly to her. And that is when he talks to the cops and admits that Allie wasn't with them all of Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. Which leads to Allison's arrest for Mona's murder. And I think that that's, like, a really interesting... I, I That's a hard thing, that like, a hard position that I think he was put in by, I mean, both Allie and Spencer. It's, like, having to choose. And it's, like, I think it's really sweet when, like, you know, Spencer says, I'm your sister too. And like, I'm going to go down for this. Even though you know that Allie wasn't with you all of Thanksgiving, you know, she was gone for part of the time. And I mean, at the end of the day, I do think he made the right decision, not just because I love Spencer and I want Spencer to succeed. But I think like it, you know, he, he had to choose the one that, and I don't even know that he chose her really. He just no longer, he chose the truth. He chose the truth. Yes, <laughs> he just no longer was lying to protect Allie. And yeah, interestingly,
0: though, another moment where he shows a little, like, I mean, it's it's questionable, but like, is when the girls are all arrested for the shovel, and Jason shows up, and Peter tries to get him to leave, and Jason says, "I think my sister would want me here," and obviously, th- it's like there's meant to be a double meaning there, right? like Allison would want him to be there because mm-hmm. this is about her murder but mm-hmm. also he may be a little bit means that like hey Spencer is my sister and she's just been arrested I have a right to be here
1: yeah remind me anyway. is that before or after Spencer knows
3: uh
0: after
1: okay yeah I'm right. pretty sure
0: but I could be wrong about that oh, it's a day exposure for, me to be wrong. for you yeah, yeah it's, a real, <laughs> it's a real day of being wrong for me Or maybe I've been right about everything. Only time will tell. (laughs) A quick aside here. I was in fact wrong about this. I forgot that Spencer finds out that Jason is her brother on during the school's ridiculous truth up day, which is season two, episode 19. So a few episodes after the shovel incident. Uh, Some honorable mentions other people that she's related to that we're not going to talk about really right now any more than we already have jessica allison charlotte jessica is her aunt allison is her cousin but genetically half sister charlotte is her half sister and also cousin
1: in a sense yeah in like an adopted sense yeah okay that's her family yeah (laughs) this episode is gonna be so long Laurentis is her
0: uncle i guess
1: this is gonna be so long That's always the longest part of
0: all of the Liars episodes that we've done is, like, just going through all of their relationships. And then this next part is usually not as
1: long. Yeah. So her medical history,
0: substance use. I mean, all that we've kind of covered in her relationships a lot.
1: But let's talk Uh, a little bit more about her amphetamines. Yeah. And, I mean, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but, like, the whole, like, her whole... Journey of like relapsing is
3: yeah
1: uh, honestly some of the best episodes of the show like oh yeah I it's they're so good I love her amphetamine induced her whole like hallucination so good it's yeah it's very I, and it's interesting I used to the skip sale? over that episode and now I don't
0: yeah and no I, think I that that's, really that's
1: also grew on me
0: yeah and also the montage of her. Like, it's so trying good. to figure out about Ezra being
1: A to sail. Yeah. Incredible. It's just, it's excellent. And it's some of, I think it's, like, really, like, we see, obviously, like, Troyan. I think, really develop over the course of this series as, like, an incredible actress. Mm-hmm. And I love the way in which the writers supported that. Like, I love... They were giving her the most interesting, the meatiest, the like most like unique situations to have to act through. And like obviously all of the other girls, great actresses, and they also yeah. you know grow and develop a lot over the course of the show. But I the way in which the writers wrote for Troyan, yeah, I, I'll always be thankful for that,
0: yeah. <laughs> Oh, in, incredible. Like, she truly has some of the, the best acting on the show. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: also, like, you you haven't seen Trojan Belisario's movie Feed, right? No, she, I like, haven't.
1: It's not streaming anywhere.
0: Yeah, you, you're... Sorry, Trojan. Uh, yeah, you probably have to find it illegally it's online somewhere. <laughs> um, but th- this is her, like... I, she, like, wrote and directed it, I believe. And it's about, like, her eating disorder and Tom Felton plays her like twin brother. I'm not going to like twin. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm I'm not going to go into any more details about about it because there's like but it's it's
1: very good. At, like you should really watch it.
0: I know, I know. Um
1: I think that's her yeah. that's that's enough of her medical and substance stuff. Yeah.
0: And she also in terms of like uh alcoholic like, she drinks a bit, but I think it's not nota like that notable.
1: Although Which her I mean, one also her yeah. one moment of drinking that I think is quite notable is when she uh, after um Hannah and Caleb betray her yeah. gets drunk and kind of fucks up the Archer Dunhill cover up.
0: Yeah, she kind of um, fumbles their murder
1: cover up a bit. But like it's also interesting like
0: when you consider again like how concerned Veronica is about spencer taking any kind of drugs right and but spencer doesn't seem to have an issue with alcohol that doesn't mean that she just doesn't have like a high risk for developing an addiction Mm -hmm. but i do think it shows like it's not like her taking anxiety meds is likely to be you know she takes them a couple times and she's addicted you know like she would probably be okay i think it again generally it's it's stimulants that she has an issue with not suppressants definitely has a good amount of like anxiety oh i guess we should talk briefly maybe there's just like her stint at radley
1: yeah it's true uh
0: which i I'd i had forgotten that like she she like is a id as a jane doe and just like doesn't tell anybody her name unless something think that she has amnesia
1: yeah which i think is and really think- interesting
0: because she wanted a break
1: yeah exactly because she was so burnt out. Yeah, I I totally get that. Like she was just like, I don't want to be Spencer Hastings. She didn't want to be found. God, Toby sucks. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Just like the way in which I don't think we talked enough about actually Toby as a um like on the A team. I think we kind of glossed over that a bit. But like Toby, yeah. being on the A team, I think is such a betrayal, and. But obviously you have to remember
3: that Arya
0: destroys a nursery.
1: You're right. You're right. That is pretty much up there. But like, like that's the thing is it's like this the, Toby was working with Mona and
0: supposedly a, to try and protect Spencer but I don't see any way in which he protected Spencer.
1: Not at all. In fact, he made it worse for her. Like yeah. It, it just it doesn't like, make what sense he to it was worse than anything that had right? done
0: to her. And it's crazy. And then, then they make they like come back together. Yeah. And he
1: immediately
0: he, starts working with A again. It's
1: crazy. And like he gives up their he gives up Mona's like Lair trailer thing. Filled with evidence of all of the crimes that Spencer has committed. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And like, yeah, I'm sorry. And she just like I don't know. I just think and I mean, and
0: his also, argument was like, well, A already knew where it was. I just brought it to like. Oh, like, wow! obviously A was gonna get Kobe. the layer regardless, but still.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's but you don't have to be a part of it. Like you yeah. don't have to make it easier for her. After you just got your girlfriend sent to a mental yeah.
0: hospital by faking your death and betraying her, maybe don't immediately betray her again yeah. when she has somehow forgiven you.
1: And Anyways. I think it's also like he betrays her for such like a i don't know like i get that he's like trying to like learn more about his mother and like how she died or whatever but like it's really just my one of my it's not my least favorite we know what that is but it's just like i hate that whole plot line and it goes on for so long
0: and it's just again as every character is constantly reminding them
1: none of this is going to bring back toby's mom exactly and and really he just i think it's so he's so ashamed that his mother committed suicide basically that
0: is how it comes across yeah
1: and he basically just wants to prove that that's not what happened because he's ashamed of that and like oh god um yeah anyways i I can't believe we talked talked about toby and didn't really talk about a much yeah i also think like again sorry not to circle back to toby (laughs) But I think, like, the way in which this is also something that I think is quite a bummer from, like, a writer's perspective is Toby and Spencer sleep together for the first time. And then the next episode, or maybe that same episode, we learn that he's on the Mm A-team. And I don't know, like, obviously, like, virginity is, is like, a made-up concept. It's not whatever. But... Like a, there's, it is
0: very much like to to decide to sleep with somebody, that you, especially as a teenager, you've never slept with that, like yeah. sex before. Like that is a that is a vulnerability and a, like a, a show of trust for that person. Uh-huh. And so it is an extra layer of betrayal. Absolutely, yeah.
1: And the way and, in which I think Spencer had said that they had decided to wait and like all of this stuff, like, and then like they didn't. Then they and obviously I don't think she was saying like wait until marriage or anything. I think she was just like not ready. And then she finally, like, trusts him enough and then for him to then be on the A-team. I mean, I hate it and I also kind of like it because I think it's, like, it adds to the betrayal of it all. Yeah. But the fact that then she ends up with him or, like, yeah. takes him back so quickly, like, that is the part that I think I'm, like, that sucks. I, like, I wish, betrayed I wish her Toby so had, much.
0: had to at least win her back, right? Like, I wish Toby had had to fucking work for it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And here's the other
0: thing. Toby right before all of that. Right. Uh, Toby. I can't remember the scene exactly, but Toby talks to Mona and says it's meant to be very vague, but but basically mean, like, I don't think that I think it's too soon. I think it's too soon to do that part of the plan.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that that's the, the part of the plan where Spencer finds out about him and it's designed to break her. Right. Uh huh. So he's like in he's, on this
1: plan. That's so fucked he, up. He, he's in on this
0: plan. He he knows that the idea is to for him to be found out, mm-hmm. and it also then makes me question whether or not having sex with her was part of the plan. Yeah, right. Was that intentional to to time it that way? Because the timing does seem
1: suspicious. Mm-hmm. Fuck Toby. anyways now let's get back to her (laughs) after we took a brief detour back into the romance category let's talk about her yeah her
0: legal and criminal history so obviously this is not going to be comprehensive uh but spencer i think like big picture spencer is the one that is the most often like suspected of various crimes mm-hmm. she is frequently the target of being framed
2: as hannah
1: and but, but i think what's happening with spencer is so nefarious the reason she is so frequently suspected of things i think is because of jessica de laurentis and that is mm-hmm. insane we know yeah. that for a fact with one instance of the um when she's arrested i think for bethany young we know that that's because Jessica De Laurentis, like... Well, that's because of Allison.
0: Remember, Allison takes the polygraph and points the finger at Spencer. But Spencer right. is suspected of killing Allison because of
1: Jessica. Right, right, right. That's what I meant, yeah. Yeah, Jessica, Jessica and, points but like, the finger Jessica at knows. Spencer. And Jessica knows. Jessica knows that Spencer didn't yeah. do it. That is so insane. And, like, again, another example of Jessica being, like, the absolute worst. Yeah. Like, she knows that Spencer didn't kill Allie because she knows who killed Allie and she helped bury the body. And then she decides to accuse this girl, honestly, probably because as a fuck you to Peter Hastings and a fuck you to Mary Drake.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think she doesn't like the reminder that Spencer serves to her, kind Mm -hmm. of. and it's, there's a a number of forces I think at play here, right? I think Jessica De Laurentiis and her, like Jessica is very much, I think pulling a lot of strings behind the scenes in Rosewood. Right. And Mm -hmm. then there's, so there's that, then there is, and then sort of in Jessica's absence, Allison takes up that mantle a bit. Then there's a, that is like framing her for things. And then there is the fact that the cops are very suspicious of these four girls because they are always lying all the time. And Spencer is clearly like the leader of this group. And so the cops, I think also target Spencer because they think whatever these girls are up for or up to Spencer is at the heart of it. So that I think the cops also sort of angle their investigations towards Spencer oftentimes as well.
1: So, okay. So she is suspected of killing Allie in season one and they search her house then she's yeah. arrested for Mona. She's arrested for Bethany Young. She's almost arrested for Dunhill. But she's never actually killed anyone. No. Oh, she is the only liar that has never killed anyone,
0: which is crazy. Emily got two. Emily basically got to kill two people. Spencer got none. What do we think that that says? I mean, I guess it's subverting expectations, right? That, like, Spencer would be kind of the one to kill... Someone yeah. And I think Emily, Emily also like would Emily be the one that the you're, supposed hero. To, right. yeah. you're supposed to suspect the least that which she would mm-hmm. ever hurt anybody. But when you're put in those types of situations, mm-hmm. you don't really have a choice. And I think that that's kind of what it's, what they're doing, like what the writers are doing, maybe is like, they're trying to show that like, these girls are being put into these impossible situations that are being sort of like engineered, right? Mm-hmm. And so push to do these like bad things but yeah. they're not they're not really bad people okay yeah, and then obviously of course there's a million little and other big things with her like legal history but i mean I think those the, are tons, kind of, of, the, tons
1: of tons yeah. of evidence is being messed with there's yeah. a oh here's a fun one the knife
2: that oh, her yes. and
1: caleb destroy together which is again an excellent display of their kind of chemistry the way in which they yeah. destroy this knife together
0: in um, high school's
1: walk-in kiln as your high school didn't have that come on
0: no no <laughs> i think you know they there there was a bit of a debate and they decided that it was an obvious safety risk
1: there's also there's a moment when but uh, also like i don't think walk-in kilns exist outside of like major ceramic factories like even like ceramic uh maybe
0: rosewood high school is actually like using like the arts department to
1: <laughs> free to, labor as like
0: free labor yeah
1: yeah like because i think like even most ceramic studios would just have like a large kiln it's yeah. not like a walk in kiln room
0: oh i mean the amount of potter you'd have to be making to make that makes sense from just like an energy usage perspective is crazy there's also there's also a fun moment i just i love the moments that you get you get this the most i think with spencer where you just know like can like they draw attention to the fact that like she has skills that she shouldn't have right like there's one time when ezra lost his keys in his classroom and he's like trying to like get in and he's like he's like frustrated ever and spencer kind of sees this and she comes up and she's like do you want me to pick that for you
1: he's like, or, or when they're in the dollhouse and she requests all of the things she needs to make an EMP and Mona's Uh, like, have you ever made one? Learned how to do it online or something like that.
0: Yeah. Does Spencer ever sleep? Like what? Like 3am, you know, she's like learning how to make an EMP with a disposable camera.
1: Yeah. And she's also, and I've looked it up and the instructions are there, but like, it's not a simple thing. I'm probably I mean, I on some sort of so. list. I'm probably on some yeah. sort of list now. Well, especially because I think you've looked it up twice. I think Because I think we look,
0: you looked it up once and then we probably I'll forgot. I'll probably look so it, up it up again. again. <laughs> yeah. Which makes it really seem like you're studying.
1: Yeah. But yeah, well, you no, it's know. definitely not
0: an easy thing because otherwise everyone would be running around with EMP cameras. But like, but like also like
1: there was soldering involved. But like, yeah, I'm sorry. This is. Charlotte should have
0: she caught a, on. <laughs> she was a, she <laughs> was a real dumb one for that.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. You provided them with a soldering iron. Come on. Yeah. Is that a is soldering? Is it soldering iron? A soldering gun. Gun. You think? I don't know. I've never. Uh. I don't know. I've never soldered anything. Yeah, and then so, oh, also like she has the um. She's the one who knows about blue snarfing. When they're talking about how Mona blue snarf them, and like she's just always looking up these things and I'm curious yeah. like how much of it like how much of was she looking up these things before a started happening or was she just like studying at night to prepare for whatever might happen with a I think I think that yeah like I <laughs> think love she that
0: you probably so I think she's you know she's one of those people that will kind of like loves to research anything and learn stuff so mm-hmm. I'm sure she was learning a lot, a lot of this before too but I think her her extracurricular studies became very focused uh, when A started to become a real problem.
1: She's definitely on a list.
3: Oh yeah,
0: I mean her Google her Google search history. I mean she's on lists certainly with her local police department as <laughs> yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about her sort of main character flaws. Obviously, she's really high strung.
3: Mm-hmm. She's and- very competitive. Yeah,
0: very competitive, really gets like tunnel vision on things, I think. And and again, I think a lot of that serves them really well on a day-to-day, yeah. but is also the reason why she breaks into a million pieces when things get really bad. Right.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of like a, the whole, oh, my greatest weakness is I just care too much sort of thing. Yeah. But like, yeah, like her greatest weaknesses. Is- and flaws are the things that I think make her very successful and in a mystery, but yeah, yeah, leads to some really deep, deep lows. Yeah.
0: And I think that's true with a lot of their like biggest flaws, right? Is like sometimes they like with Hannah's impulsivity, there are times where it really serves her well in the situations they end up in, but then there are other times where it really doesn't.
1: Yeah. So she's also the, and to talk about the title of this episode, Hope Breeds Eternal Misery. This is something that Spencer says multiple times over the course of the series. And the we clocked this because one time I was watching the series, and I this maybe is showing too much into my mental illness here. Watched the series, ended this ended season seven the last episode, and then immediately started watching it again. And I saw that in the first episode and the last episode, Spencer says, hope breeds eternal misery. She also says it in the Christmas episode, and I think also as well, Alex Drake says it when she visits Mary Drake in prison. She says, hope breeds eternal misery. Um, Maybe that's the beginning of her embodying Spencer. Yeah. But I also think Spencer grows
0: out of that belief over the course of the show. Like, I think younger Spencer really believes that. And like older Spencer says it a little bit, like with a little bit of like, you know, irony or like Mm -hmm. sort of like winking, you know, at at her former self. But I think that like her, and and I think it's the liar bond, right? Like I think Mm -hmm. Spencer, maybe more than any of the other girls, like really values the liar bond, Mm -hmm. really values their friendship. And, and I think that that's what keeps her hope alive too, is like trying to like, protect the girls yeah like she would never fully give up
1: because she could never do that to them so when do we think that she realized a was serious we've been doing this with all of the girls like i have three kind of moments for her Mm -hmm. i feel like i feel like the first
0: one is the lipstick on the mirror mm-hmm. message that it's like it won't be that easy, bitches? Mm-hmm. And then subsequently getting the video recording of them seeing the mirror message from taken from inside her closet. First of all, iconic Mona, such a good prank! Such a good prank that, and honestly, I think for a lot of people, like that, that was the moment where you're like, oh my god, A is invincible
1: yeah <laughs> a, a is, is omniscient <laughs> omnipresent <laughs> yeah it's crazy such a risky move for Mona <laughs>
0: oh I love it but respected and so I respect it so fucking much and I think that that was a real moment for all of them but I think mm-hmm. it, it was in Spencer's room right yeah and that really I think contributes to her not feeling safe in her yeah. house probably ever again mm-hmm. and and then, of course, I think for all of them, like Hannah being hit by the car is a big one. But I think also when the police search her house in season at like the end of season one, the search warrant, um yeah,
1: I think that whole that whole plot where she is you know, she's being accused for a murder that she is convinced Ian did, and her whole family doesn't believe her. like I think that like that is yeah a a big like moment for her where she's like oh shit this is like this could actually be bad
0: yeah yeah
1: this could end really badly
0: for me and and i think also it's like the first time it introduces this idea that like this doesn't necessarily end in like sure like i think at that point she understood that like this was physically dangerous like they could die like Mm -hmm. they could be murdered like allison was right this is the first time where she sees this this potential alternate ending of things in which she ends up in prison.
1: Yeah, and is almost, does she think that maybe it could be worse, right? Like there are worse fates than dying. I think that for Spencer, a worse fate than being killed would be being accused of something that you didn't do and then being in prison for that thing for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like I, think, I mean like again Spencer not, loves to yeah. be right. She loves yeah. to be right and she to not be able to prove her innocence.
3: Yeah,
0: I think well, would I think, eat her alive. Yeah, and I think even if it's like maybe it's not, you know, worse than death or whatever, but it is it is I think a harder potential like future to grapple with and to mm-hmm. understand and to like because when you're thinking about death, like, yeah, like that's difficult to understand. Like you, I I could stop existing and like, Mm -hmm. what does that mean for everyone in my life? Right. But you stop existing. Right. But imagining prison, presumably life in prison, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: right. Certainly at least 20 years or something in prison is like trying to imagine what every day of your life is going to look like hmm in that con, like that is that's uh, that's a daunting future to try to come to terms with and yeah and especially for like a teenager yeah when you're 16 years old yeah, yeah that's rough so let's talk about our favorite arcs for spencer mm-hmm. i think we should rank these because i think we agree on like the yeah. top five best spencer arcs and so i think that this it's a matter of ranking
1: them. Okay, what would be your fifth place, Spencer Art? I think my number five spot, only because I wish we had more of it, is Twinser. Yeah, I, I actually, Drake. I agree with that. I think, yeah. I think like I, I love it. I love the plot. I love the story. I just, again, well, like we were saying, I just wish we had more of it.
0: There was an untapped potential there. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I think for me, so that's my number five as well. I think for me, my number four spot is I think I'm gonna say spaleb the like spaleb arc and like the breakup. I love that. Like all of these yeah. are obviously their top five. But I think for me that one just
1: doesn't doesn't have the like I mean it's a romance thing, right? So I get yeah. that I agree. I think like that's a good number four because it's like it's such a it's a solid romance. It's it's very interesting, and I think it is, you know, layered too, and heartbreak. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think that number four feels right for it because there's just better stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that my number three is maybe the season one storyline where she's, you know, being accused of killing Allie. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I, only because I think. It's so good, but if Troyan had been given that plot, that story in like season five or seven, five, six or seven, I think it would have been unstoppable. But you know, I disagree. I I think you need
0: to go back and watch. I think it's episode 20, season one, episode 20, watch the episode where they search her house. I I agree. I think with it as number three, I just disagree with the reasoning because when they search her house and then also and like Troyan's acting in that moment and then also her acting no, when totally. she it comes s- home and she's telling her parents that she doesn't feel safe with Ian That's in the house. That's true, yeah. I th- th- those so what's two your moments I think are when uh, those two moments though, I think are when the writers decided to start writing things to Troyan's acting ability yeah. and like giving her these like really needy plot lines. And my my thing is just that I just I think I I think I love a, a dark Spencer mm-hmm. saga and the other two are Darker. are more to that I think yeah like so, I don't have anything detracting I think from season yeah. one where I think oh it it's just that the other two edge it out I think
1: yeah so, so my I don't, number... yeah right. I don't know how I would rank these other two
0: yeah so I'll I mean I'll give what I I think for me number two is the plot with like Toby being a and her and her going to Radley and everything. Mm-hmm. And because I love a dark, love a dark Spencer saga. I think the the reason it gets the number two slot for me, maybe and not the number one is partially, definitely the fact that she forgives Toby
1: yeah. immediately after is part of it. It kind of takes away some of the stakes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that, yeah. I agree with that as number two. I think it's mm-hmm. so good. I love her downfall. I think the thing that ruins it for me is her not ruins it for me, but like the thing that like prevents it from being number one, I think is the aftermath. I think yeah, yeah. I think the way we tied it up
0: again, I mean we t- we we've, we've talked about this so that we forget she forgives Toby immediately and then he immediately betrays her again and she's like pretty much okay with it
1: and then we should. You know, not to get into it, but then there's the whole mess of the lodge fire that I think also kind of muddies the water around that impeccable storyline. That's also true. Yeah. So then I think we're in agreement that number one is her Adderall relapse and everything that happens. Because I, you know what? And what it is for me about that storyline is the energy. And obviously, I know that, that that's the amphetamine. Yes. Well, but, that- <laughs> but the way in which Royan is playing that energy, the way in which it is being perceived by everyone around her, I think is so good. That also, like, the way I love the fact that she's uncovering that Ezra, that there's something up with Ezra, but her discoveries are kind of you start to question it even yourself because even though you know, you know that at this point we think he's A, but you start to like, oh, she's not going to get this. She's not going to land this conviction of him because she's, you know, in this spiral. And I think that the reason that, I mean, I love like, yes,
0: this is more of a frenzied Dark Spencer versus like a very sort of subdued Dark Spencer, like sort Mm -hmm. of nihilistic Dark Spencer from the Toby being A plotline. And I love the frenzy, dark Spencer. And I think that the energy of it also comes from the fact that this is Spencer's worst nightmare because Spencer's worst nightmare is to not be taken seriously. Yeah. And she, and, and it creates this extra level of just frantic energy as she's like needing to prove this and like not being listened to and like everybody's dismissing her. At a moment when she feels like she has this really important thing that people yeah. need to understand,
1: and I think so. I'm looking at my notes, and there's actually two interesting like commonalities I think between these top two moments, mm-hmm. and it's a iconic moment with Ezra Fitz. Yeah. And so obviously, uh-huh. in her season three breakdown with Toby, the she attacks Ezra in the park and is like, "What you know the line."
0: yeah it's she says something about like oh like having a
1: nice day writing down all of your thoughts and feelings and this is when when she tells him that like maggie has had malcolm like this is that when that happens yeah she destroys him (laughs) yes and then with the adderall with her amphetamine relapse the iconic moment is her waking up after sleepwalking Mm -hmm. or sleep driving to the she school drove. to the school and then passing yeah, out on Ezra's yeah. desk <laughs> that is that's actually crazy. fairly kind like that sleep driving yeah that's so scary but like just like her the way she's disheveled and it's actually like interesting too because I think the way in which we know that Ezra's bad at this point but we're also kind of like I really hope he helps her <laughs> yeah like like, I know you're like you're kind of rooting for Ezra you're torn because like as much as like yeah Ezra is I think also using this to like his own advantage of like covering up his his but also in retrospect probably definitely had some genuine concerns exactly yeah exactly and I think that I yeah it's it's funny that there's Ezra's kind of at the center of both of these yeah. And breakdowns of this hers it's
0: also, I think what also really pushes this over the top too is how connected it is to the central mystery. Yeah. Both to like Ezra being A, but also then we get a lot of information about kind of like that night and Spencer's role in that night. And then mm-hmm. subsequently her fear that she may have killed Bethany Young. Yeah. And so like, and, and which just adds like this extra layer of like, and, and I think, again, that's where, like, I think it's, it stuck the landing a little bit more in where with the Toby being a Radley stuff, it's like, we get this great dark Spencer saga really deep in like her emotions and, and all of this. And then it's just kind of like, and then she forgives Toby and it's over. Whereas yeah. this, she's in this like frenzied, you know, drug induced, like frantic dark Spencer saga. And she gets clean. She kind of that resolved and it doesn't resolve it instead. It just sort of settles into this like despair
1: mm-hmm.
0: over, over what she might have done that we don't get mm-hmm. resolved until escape from New York when she finds out that she did not kill Bethany. Yeah. So I just think it sticks the landing a little bit more and is a little bit more central also to just like everything that's happening mm-hmm. and it has more momentum going forward Once it's sort of resolved as like an arc, it doesn't, it doesn't just go away. So yeah, that's definitely my number
1: one. Agreed. That Spencer then everything. Any, yeah. uh... Yeah. Any, any last thoughts that we have on Spencer? I do have a couple of like random notes about Peter. I love the episode where he's helping Toby with his like mom, Radley stuff. And then he like finds Spencer in at, at Toby's Spencer opens the door like Toby's apartment (laughs) and is like in his boxers and t-shirt and like I love that scene because Peter's just like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, oh I guess actually this is something that I was going to bring up is so obviously like Peter is the one that's like pushing Toby to like get more from the Radley situation because he you know he was ready to settle with just that whole admitting Radley admitting that like it was an accident or something like Toby was good to go got what he wanted his mom didn't kill himself kill herself then like Peter's like oh you could get a lot more and then later on he's pushing Toby to get a settlement and then he says take the settlement sort of thing like he's yeah originally
0: he like convinces Toby like we could get Radley shut down right right and then suddenly it's like oh well they're offering you a settlement you should really take it
1: yeah and so the reason he gives Spencer is that they didn't have enough to win, right? To get Bradley shut down. But then Spencer thinks it's because Jessica's on the board. So I'm wondering, what do we think it really was? Or do we think it was just like a combination of the both? Or, I mean. Yeah. I mean, I
0: think Jessica being on the board and also I could see, like, because here's the thing. is I don't think that Peter, because I think Peter probably knew that Jessica was on the board, mm-hmm. right? I don't think that Peter would... Like, I don't think that Peter has any, like, soft spot necessarily for Jessica. I think he probably hates Jessica. But but, if Jessica was threatening
1: to reveal that Spencer wasn't Veronica's biological daughter.
0: Yeah, or just using that in some way, right? Like, manipulate the situation of, like, you know, oh, like, well, if if Bradley gets shut down, like, these records could get out or these, who knows? Like, I think that she probably used that in some way to... Mm -hmm. You know, so that she could sell her shares or whatever before they shut it down. I don't know because yeah. obviously it but also like shut down
1: kind of wild that Jessica was on the board now,
0: not at all why why would that be wild? That
1: seems I mean, no, it's just like I guess yeah, it makes sense, but it's also like her child is there
0: well, that's why she's on the board. I guess Jessica I is absolutely that that parent that person that is like going to be behind the scenes running things like,
3: like here first
0: of all, I don't think that you can say like when it comes to like a, like mental health facility like that, I don't know that you could say like that, Oh, if you're on the board, none of your relatives can be in the facility because yeah. like that may be, that might be the only choice sometimes for relatives, yeah. or like, you know? So I I don't think that you could, you could say that, like that can be a rule probably, uh-huh. And also, Radley's incredibly corrupt. So I guess
1: it's maybe it's just like the way in which but also parents Mary get Drake. on the PTA. Yeah. Is that like yeah. a Jessica's
0: version of a PTA? That's how I've always <laughs> viewed it. Yeah. Well, also, you have to remember that that's where her sister spent true, like, most of her life. Right. Jessica might have been on the board before Charlotte.
1: You're right. Well, well, that's well, we do know that that's kind of why they, they moved. So Charlotte could go to Radley.
0: Yeah, and so that makes sense. Like, if because obviously, like, there's got to be other places that they could have sent Charlotte, right? It makes sense that there if Jessica been better gotten places, herself, that's for damn sure. Oh yeah, if if Jessica had gotten on the board because of because to to have control over her sister, right? Right, and mm-hmm. then when they need well need when Ken wants to get rid of Charlotte. Mm -hmm. and they decide to send her somewhere of course well we'll send her to radley we'll move to rosewood to be close to her and i think that that's how it happened i think she was already on the board for charlotte yeah to further ruin mary drake's life
1: god jessica's the worst (laughs) really is she is such an evil character
0: and I, I think we're, we're going to do, like, we talked, we're going to do an episode at some point where we want to talk about, like, all of the spin offs that we, we would kind of love to see. Yes. Which, by the way, if anyone has any suggestion, if anyone has ever had any thoughts about spin off potential for Pretty Little Liars, send them to us. We'll, I want to hear them. We'll talk about them.
1: Um, yeah. But I would and love to see None the of the Jessica- spin offs, yes. none of the spin offs on our list are, uh, two teens in a mystery murder ghost town. That's actually Ravenswood. my entire list. I want ten seasons of Ravenswood. <laughs> um, no, but I would love having watched just Mary one episode Jessica of Ravenswood. But... Yeah. No, Mary and Jessica would be great. Like that yeah. whole their whole like thing with the babysitting. Mm, yeah. Love that. What's
0: the deal with their sister Carol? Oh yeah. What is the deal with Carol?
1: Yeah. I Anyways, mean, yeah, we're, we're on a tangent. We, <laughs> yeah. Europe. A tangent
0: we are on a real tangent here but uh, the the drakes i want i yeah. want a, i want more on the drakes they're yeah. quite the family like what were their parents like anyways monsters um, i'm sure yeah um yeah but i that's that's, that's Spencer. Spencer, and that concludes our like four episode long streak here of just kind of deep diving into each of the liars and you'll notice Just, you we know. did
1: not do this for Allison and we didn't no. do it for Mona. I think we might at some point we might do it for Mona. I don't feel like doing it for Allison. She doesn't well, deserve that.
0: I think we want to, we want to talk a bit about, I, I think, yeah, I think we're thinking of doing sort of a rise and fall of Allison Laurentiis. like talk a bit right. about like what they did to her as a character, but probably won't be quite so much of like a, in-depth analysis of her personality and character. And I think we'll be a little bit more about like, from like a TV show writing perspective, like what happened with that. And also just so that we can talk about some of her most iconic moments before her whole prison sentence where she then became boring.
1: But anyways, yeah. but now, so
0: that was a nice, we'll, yeah, <laughs> but we'll we'll be back uh next week with a non-character specific episode. Stay tuned. Um, <laughs> so leave us a review and send any questions or spin-off ideas that you have <laughs> uh, to the email in the episode description. cheerio sister. cheerio sister. Oh you'.